Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Tori. And you're listening to Wait Why. Welcome back, everyone. So today we are doing an episode about reducing our carbon footprint. Um, we know we've done topics kind of similar, but um, we're going to dive into some different aspects of this today. Um, we also are kind of doing this in honor of Earth Day, which has already passed. It's on April 22nd. Um, yeah, so this is our little Wait Why celebration. Um, I don't know if you know, but are you doing anything for Earth Day? Um, I'm sure I will do something. So we're actually recording this episode before Earth Day happens. Um, I'm sure I'll do something, whether it's like a cleanup, but I'm not 100% sure yet. What about you? I actually leave for Africa on Earth Day. So. Oh, that's right. I will be on a plane. Yes. (laughs) Doing the opposite of reducing my carbon footprint, but we'll talk about that more later even. Yeah. So today we wanted to start this episode by kind of talking about um, some of our favorite moments and experiences in nature, since we've both spent a lot of time in the outdoors and both have unique and individual appreciations for um, nature and wildlife. Do you want to go first, Tori? Um, Sure. I have a couple, and I think it's just a great way to start off an episode, especially before we get into kind of talk wants to say hi. Um, Especially before we get into kind of the not-so-fun side and more of the serious talks, I think it's a great way to kind of start off by saying why we appreciate nature and some fun moments. Oh, for Um, sure. The first one that sticks out to me is probably when I was in New Zealand. I ended up, I was in Auckland, and I took this ferry to this island, and it was a preserve. And I ended up doing this beautiful hike around the island. And I just found the trail. Like, I had no idea how long the hike was. I had no idea where it went. I didn't find a trail map or anything. And it was just these beautiful, like, plains. And I was the only one on the trail. And this little island had, like, a bunch of rolling hills and tall grasses. And it, like, butted right up to the shore with, like, a bunch of rock. And there was this one part in particular where I stopped on the trail and... I was pretty like high up. So I had a nice vantage point on the side of this little hill. And there was this beautiful tree with like these gorgeous purple flowers off of it. And I was just like standing there and I have a picture from it. And it was just such a nice moment because I was like so alone, but like not in a bad way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just really, really nice. And it was like so breezy and like I was completely relying on myself, but I had no idea like where it was going. And it was just a really great moment. Yes. I love that. Sometimes like the adventures that aren't planned all the way out can be the best ones. Mm-hmm. And there's something so special about having a, na- a moment in nature by yourself, like completely alone. I think that's really special. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of my favorite experiences in nature was with you, Tori. Um yeah. And it's funny because I just said I'm going to Africa on Earth Day. And this experience was when we were in South Africa together. We were doing a safari in Johannesburg. And it was like an all-day event. We had been out there all morning. And this is Africa, the Sahara. Like, it is dry. It is hot. We really hadn't seen too much in the beginning of the day. Um, But after lunch, kind of refreshed, we go back out. And... um, 
we just first of all the animals are more active in general but then we get amazingly like incredibly close to these elephants and at first I was like holy crap we're so close to them like with the driver I hope he doesn't get closer I hope he knows what he's doing but then from that point the elephants started to approach us like right up next to our vehicle like staring into our eyes like it felt unreal it felt like I don't know you know when you go snorkeling and they obviously are carrying like food around to bring the animals towards you Uh like it felt like they were there for us but it was nothing like that experience at all this is like a completely wild yeah like I felt like they were just very curious and so docile also I will say something about elephants eyes like they are very human like they're very like looking into your soul totally totally like I there was one elephant who I feel like looked right up and I made eye contact with the one eye and I feel like I'm visualizing that moment perfectly because it was something about it was memorable same same (laughs) when you said that that's exactly what I pictured oh yeah it was incredible there were also like some babies and maybe some more like teenage elephants like it was a variety of ages it was a really big like pack of them and yeah it just felt so like it wasn't like we were in a zoo or an aquarium. It just felt like the right way to interact with wild animals. And we never touched them, by the way, as tempting yeah. as it was. They were close enough for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, I also feel like cow's eyes, too, are the same way. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I love cows. They're like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense to anybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I have a couple other ones. Um, I think my next one, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast. I might have when I was talking about my road trip out west. But um, and this was before you had gone to meet me, Hannah. Okay. And so I was out in California. No. I would think I was in Utah, maybe. Okay. You met me in California. Um, yeah. And... I pulled, I was staying at this campground. Yeah, I was in Utah because I was outside of Bryce Canyon. And I was staying in this campground that was like kind of in the woods. It had like a big, um, long dirt gravel road to get to the campground. And it was primitive camping. So they had running water and that was it. So they didn't have bathrooms or anything like that. Um, and at this point, I still had, no, I dropped my trailer. So I just was car camping. And I remember I was opening the back of the Sequoia and I was by myself like in the middle of the day and I was getting ready, I think, to go over to like the national park and I opened the back of the Sequoia and all of a sudden, like I feel something next to my face and I Mm -hmm. look over and there's this hummingbird just like right next to me, just like staring at me. Like we just made eye contact and it's like eyeing me while I'm eyeing it. And it was so close that I was actually able to like see all of it because you know the how fast they move their wings oh yeah like get a grasp on what they look like um but yeah it was just like I mean it was like such a moment in nature where it was like okay I see you and you see me and it was very cool like to be like acknowledged by a hummingbird (laughs) yeah totally I feel like hummingbirds are like real life fairies like somewhat whimsical and mysterious you never get a good look at them yeah it's so cool. That really is so cool. And like, I grew up in Ohio where there's actually like a good amount, like you can see hummingbirds there. But even with family friends who had like hummingbird feeders out back and all that, I've never 
never gotten a really, really good look at one. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. And then it, like, flew away, and that was it, and the moment was gone. Oh, that's so nice, though. Uh, I love when animals are involved in my nature moments. It definitely makes them more memorable. Yeah, and it was also, like, dang, like, I wish somebody was here so they could have seen that, like, what just happened. (laughs) But at the same time, it was like, oh, it's kind of nice that that was just, like, my moment. Yes, 100%. It's like, oh, did somebody see that? Anyone? But yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Honestly, so I've been kind of like thinking and it's hard to narrow it down, but I've had so many good experiences snorkeling. Mm, Yeah. I don't know. There's something about the way I feel when I'm in the water and like when I have my snorkel on or if I'm diving and I'm fully immersed in that way that I don't just get from swimming in the ocean or whatever. Like there's something about just being involved in the underwater world that I really, really love. Um, And I'm trying to think of some good examples. And of course, Africa is coming to mind again because we just saw like lots of sharks, like things we wouldn't see normally. giant Southern stingray. Yes, the massive. It was the biggest one I've seen still to this day, like huge southern um so that one was super memorable but also you know I think about how during my undergrad um I did a lot of coral reef research in the Keys and I ended up going down there two or three times I want to say three um with my like research group and we would snorkel and do like seagrass and parrotfish surveys and um Once again, it was snorkeling and I really love that whole aspect of it, but also, you know, feeling like there's some kind of purpose we have out there, um, kind of documenting the reefs over time. Mm -hmm. And um, even though it is kind of sad, like seeing the changes that the reefs were experiencing over time was also like kind of powerful to see. Um, And I think one of my favorite things about nature in general, though, is its ability to adapt and readapt and bounce back. because as sad as it is that we're losing certain ecosystems right now, it's almost like new ecosystems are arising and replacing that. So I just think, you know, nature and the earth, they'll all, it'll always be okay. They'll, they'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I will say, um, just to piggyback off that, I think one of my, and I think you can definitely relate to this, Hannah, but one of my favorite things about being in the water is how quiet it is. I know that the ocean is loud, but there is very little man-made noise. Like if you think about being on land, you have so much noise pollution because we have kind of taken over and there's so much going on. But when you're in the water, there's very few human-made sound. Yes, totally. Yes, I 100% relate to that. And this is not to get too far off topic, but that is one of the really interesting things about right whales, which is a population that's endangered. Um, A lot of like fracking and boat traffic and underwater noise has caused like a decline in their population because noise under the water just isn't a super regular thing. And it's Mm -hmm. really disrupting to them. Yeah. It's crazy when you really think about it. Yeah, that's a good plug. It's almost like when you go into the forest and you don't hear any sounds of traffic and you just hear the sounds of the forest. That's a lot easier to do in the ocean. Like you don't have to go as far. Right. For now, <laughs> we'll see what happens going forward and how we impact that. But Right, right. True. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the last one I want to share is actually when we were in Costa Rica, Hannah. <laughs> and it was when we were staying at those glamping or not uh, glamping, um, those domes in the forest. Oh, yes, yes, yes. In the rainforest. And I like we all agreed to do a yoga class that morning and I was going to instruct it. And so the domes had these platforms on the outside and then it just like overlooked the forest floor. So we did a yoga class out on that platform and the, one of the cats from the Airbnb came over and joined us and like lay on the mats and stretched out. And it was just like a beautiful practice and a beautiful setting. And it was so nice to feel like connected to our travel group, but also like connected to our environment. And I love those moments. Anytime it brings you into your body or into the environment where you feel that connection. And that was one of those times and I just love that moment. Oh, absolutely. That is like one of my all-time favorite yoga classes I've ever done. It was I, just yeah. beautiful in so many ways. That um, and also the yoga class in Tulum. Even though oh, it was inside a, uh, like a classroom, it was still beautiful. And like there was windows all around. The sun was coming in. So you still felt that connection to nature. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So nice. I thought about doing a yoga class here in Puerto Rico. Um, but it just didn't end up on the docket. Um, so maybe next time. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you have plenty of other opportunities on your trip going forward. True, true, true. I just thought, you know, Costa Rica, keep it up with the Hispanic countries and the yoga flows. But yeah, <laughs> um, okay, I have one more, too, and then we will move on. Um, and it was a hike I did in Norway. It's called Preikestolen which I would try to spell, but I'm not going to be able to. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like actually a really famous hike. They I, they filmed one of a part of Mission Impossible at the top of it. So like Tom Cruise was there at one point, but it is like this crazy looking peak. It is like, it looks like a part of the mountain that hasn't eroded yet, basically. So like everything around it is a little more flat faced. Then there's like this part that juts out. And that is, like, the whole famous part of the hike. And we actually went in January, so it was entirely snow-covered. I think it's a six-mile hike total, but steep incline, and you're in the snow. And um, it is so dangerous in the winter that you actually, like, physically cannot go up there without a guide. So we did it guided. Um, But, wow, like, the view at the top, kind of scary because it was also very windy like could have gotten blown off of there but it was just absolutely breathtaking and to see like the fjords like the water moving through all these absolutely white mountains like not a shed of color showing it's just a really beautiful unique landscape to see in that way dang that's amazing I wish I would have seen that yes I would recommend although I did it with a sprained ankle which I would not recommend (laughs) Story for another time. Yeah. Have you told that story on the podcast yet? I feel like you have. I feel like it's had to have come up. Yeah. Well, yes. Go yes, listen. It, it's a hostile episode. Our hostel. Oh, okay. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Check out the hostile episode if you haven't. <laughs> and then you guys will understand what Hannah's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to get a little bit more into the actual topic of our carbon footprint. Um and ways to reduce it and so on so just to like super quickly recap um because we've definitely touched on this before 
Um, your carbon footprint is basically a measurement of the total amount of greenhouse gas emissions that are produced by your lifestyle. So you can literally Google carbon footprint calculator and find a bunch of different ones online, but it's basically calculating um, the combination of emissions from your diet, how you shop, how you use energy in your home, and how you travel. So that's just the super basic rundown of your carbon footprint. I think increasingly people are pretty familiar with that term and the fact that you can get a measurement on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think we've talked about this before, like you said, so it's nice to have just a quick refresher. Um, I haven't calculated my carbon footprint in a while. I know I've done it in school a couple of times. Have you calculated yours recently, Hannah? No, I haven't. I, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't done it in a while, but I felt like previously when I went to try to calculate it, I didn't know some of the answers to what they were asking. Yeah, gotcha. And the whole purpose of this tool is just to give insight into your lifestyle. So like once you have that basic understanding, then you can do ways to reduce that footprint. So even though the number is may not be super accurate because it's going to be pretty hard to calculate it down to the exact amount. Um, it's just to give you guys like an overarching idea of where you stand and how you can make an impact going forward. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, cool. So let's run in or let's now talk about some ways that we can reduce our carbon footprint. Um, and we'll also talk a little bit more about some unique scenarios going on right now, like the pandemic and how that's impacting our carbon emissions. So Hannah, do you want to start with some ways to reduce our footprints as individuals? Yes, for sure. So some of these may be familiar and some may be new. We're definitely trying to throw some fresh ideas at you. So there are a couple things for homeowners, if uh, your homeowners out there. So investing in energy efficient appliances when updating or purchasing home equipment can be super helpful. So the like, stoves, refrigerators, washers, dryers, there's all energy efficient versions of those. Um, and I think increasingly, you know, most options are energy efficient if you're buying brand new. But that's just something to keep in mind um, as you're looking at home uh, energy saving. Mm -hmm. I yeah, think in that same category, and this next one will also tie into that, but I don't know a lot about this because I don't own a home. There's also energy efficient like heating and cooling methods, um, but I don't know a ton about that. What I will say is adding insulation and weather stripping can be very helpful for losing um, your air, your heat through your windows specifically. I know windows can be like such a massive energy drain. And I feel like it's been only more recently we've um, developed and popularized more energy efficient windows. So most likely you live in a home that could probably use some extra insulation or weather stripping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, no, I totally agree. Especially in Florida, windows are everything. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. He, in Florida and even in Ohio, my grandma, she has like a big front window and she, her couch is in front of it and she sits there like all day long. Like that's her spot. And mm -hmm. she's like freezing cold. She's always cold. And I'm like, it's probably this massive window that's keeping yeah. it absolutely no heat for you. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. It's definitely something to think about. Poor grandma. <laughs> I know, poor grandma. I got her a really nice blanket for Christmas, though. Don't worry. Oh, okay, good, good. 
Um, okay. Uh, okay, this next one is probably one that you've heard, but I'm going to throw a new term out you, at you called vampire energy, which is when you have appliances that are plugged in while you're not using them, even though they may be off or in power saving mode, there's a certain amount of electricity still being used. So it's important to consider unplugging items when you're not using them or if you're going to be away for a while. This is something I definitely do. I will unplug appliances like my toaster, my coffee maker, um, like my Google Home because no one's going to be using it if I'm not there. So things like that can help save energy that's being used while you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And honestly, all three of these first tips are not only going to save energy and reduce your carbon footprint, it's probably going to save you money. Yeah, definitely. I'm really happy that you brought up that one because like Hannah said, some of this you might already be familiar with, but what I like about this episode is we're giving you guys a lot of terminology. So that way, when you have these conversations focused around carbon emissions and sustainability, you have the vocab and you're equipped to talk about it. Um, So vampire energy is a big thing. I know also too, if you have an electronic device that you like to have plugged in or on certain times, using the timers for the outlets are also a great tool as well. Oh, yes, that's so true. I love that addition there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, what's next? So a couple more things from me. Um, washing clothes. So if you wash your clothes at off hours, which are typically at night, like a little past the typical evening hours, I think it's 7 p.m., I forget when the cutoff time is, but there's a certain time frame um, in which washing clothes is more energy efficient because less people are washing. That's the interesting thing about this piece of advice is if everyone switches to nighttime, is it still efficient? Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But the other thing... I don't thing- have that many listeners yet, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not enough to influence all that. Um, but I will say the one thing you can definitely try to do when washing clothes is use cold water setting more often mm-hmm. um, than not, if possible. I know certain clothes and fabrics can be more sensitive, but cold water is always going to be a little less or a little more energy efficient than using yeah. hot water. Yeah. And like, if I have a load that's not like particularly dirty, like if it's clothes that I wore to like the office, as opposed to clothes I wore to work out, like I'll do like a quick wash. That's like an eco wash. Um, mm-hmm. So it saves some time and water. Smart. like that. Um, okay. So one last little thing from me, and I started doing this a while ago, and maybe you even already do this and don't realize it's eco-friendly, but buying things in bulk can be a lot better for the environment. Um, so like, instead of getting a bunch of small Dawn dish soaps to put around the house, just get the big bottle and maybe even find your own like small reusable ones if you need small bottles out of that around the house. Um, Other things are like, I mean, Costco, you know, there's a lot less packaging when you purchase that way. Um, Costco, BJ, Sam's Club are all like wholesales that sell in bulk. um, If that's something that works for like you, your family, whatever. Um, But there are just lots of options. Like when you're looking at the store shelves, consider what is using more plastic or um, packaging and what's not. So ultimately... Mm -hmm larger sizes might be more eco-friendly yeah I love that one um I actually just started working 
at a yoga studio, just doing like a karmi program. So basically if you volunteer to like help clean the studio and check people in, then you get a free membership. And so um, their cleaning supplies, they clean all the time because it's a hot yoga studio. So you can imagine it gets pretty sweaty and gross. Yes. And it's also the coming out of the tail end, hopefully, don't want to jinx myself, of the pandemic. So cleaning is very important. Um, and so they go through a ton of cleaning supplies, but they make a lot of their cleaners using like um, Mrs. Myers, which is like a big concentrated bottle. And then yeah. they add that to like other jugs and then they add like essential oils. Um, and so everything is kind of like contained in this little basket, but they make large batches from the concentrated stuff. Um, and it's very much more efficient and eco-friendly because they do so. Yes, that's that's awesome. I like that. I actually, right before I left, I tried um, Blue Land, which is like reusable cleaning products for the first time. So you get like a reusable bottle and then the cleaners are just like little tablets, like little dried concentrated tablets. Mm, um, yeah, I've seen, I get their ads all the time, but I haven't tried them yet. Yes, I just tried them. I actually really like it. I'm excited about it. So yeah. cool. I'd know. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, okay. So what do you have on your list for carbon footprint reduction? Perfect. So I, wow, I kind of just hated the way I said perfect there. <laughs> I can crop it out. <laughs> it just sounded like perfect. Oh, okay. ooh, like, like inventing Anna. Oh, stop. Hannah, ever since we watched that. So Hannah and I watched really side tangent really quick. Hannah and I watched the SNL skit which everybody needs to go watch if you've watched Inventing Anna. And ever since then, me and Tim have been talking to each other in the Anna voice, and I can't stop. But it's getting so good. Oh, my God. Honestly, the SNL skit is so funny. They nailed that show. They nailed it. They nailed it. The part where she was like, what are you wearing? You're like, paw. Paw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go look it up. Watch it on YouTube. It's great. Anyway. Yeah. Amen. Yes. So okay. Back to the show. <laughs> Back to the important stuff. So I just wanted to talk about reducing your carbon footprint during a pandemic and make it a little bit more relevant to ways that we can help in today's culture, economy, society. Um, so real quick, during COVID, admissions went down. They fell by 5.4% during 2020. Unfortunately, they have started to come back up. The main reason why admissions fell initially was because transportation um, was heavily reduced. People were no longer commuting to work. They were working from home. Um, airlines, a lot of flights were grounded until they were able to get back up and running. Same thing with power generation went down as well. And then industrial productions and manufacturing also went down in some categories. They did go up in others. Um, so there was an initial falling of about 5.4%. Unfortunately, that has come back up, especially as people are starting to have a big travel boom after being kind of contained for so long. Right. People are coming back to work. Um, instead of a reduction in certain commodities and products, we're seeing that in other places. So just the distribution is different. So now we're requiring a lot more masks and hand sanitizers in the past, which we wouldn't have. And instead, our clothes shopping has gone down or something like that. Um, so it is on the trend back up. 
But what I do want to talk about is how the pandemic has impacted carbon emissions. And so there's the more tangible side of things like reusable masks and um, hand sanitizer bottles, especially the small ones that are all generating waste, which Mm -hmm. in turn generates carbon emissions as we process this waste. Um, But I also really want to talk about our digital carbon footprint. And this is something that is becoming more popular in today's culture as we are relying more on the internet. Um, And it's something that we might not think about when we think about our carbon footprint, especially because it's not physically tangible. So it's a harder concept to grasp a little bit, but digital carbon footprint is anything from mining of cryptocurrency to our electronic waste, both in production as well as disposal. Um, And then also things like the operation of our devices. So data transfer using the cloud, all of that generates a lot or uses, consumes a lot of electricity and energy and results in a lot of carbon waste. So certain things that we can do to help combat that. One of the things, especially in a time where cryptocurrency is becoming so relevant and a lot of people, especially in our generations, are investing in stock, invest in green stock. So make sure you're doing your research on the companies you're investing in. Just like how we've talked about before, every dollar you use, you're using it to support. It's kind of like your voice. Mm -hmm. So if you're purchasing this product, you're supporting them. Um, The same thing goes with stock. So every time you pull out your wallet, you have an opportunity to either add to carbon emissions or reduce carbon emissions or keep them kind of maintained. Um, And so just looking into that can have a big impact. I did want to share one last thing um, because a lot of times we talk about, oh, one person can't really make a difference and where do I start? And there's a lot of overwhelming aspects of where to even begin. But I did find an article, actually it came up on my LinkedIn. Yeah, which is really interesting. The one time a year I go on there. Right. But it was saying that something as simple as not sending a thank you email or a have a nice weekend email can save 16,433 tons of carbon a year. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. So if we all just stop sending that one last email, that just was thank you, um, which is something I'm going to do going forward. But also like cleaning out your inbox, any of that spam mail, like all of that is just taking up space and thus taking up energy. Yeah, you totally opened my eyes to that. Um, And I think you just originally you were telling me just like deleting your, your literal deleted inbox folder, like things you've already deleted need to still be permanently deleted. So Mm -hmm. go back and just delete all that. And like deleting spam, like so simple. I mean, it's probably super daunting to go through your whole inbox and want to delete everything. That's ambitious. But there are things you can definitely do. Um, in the digital world to reduce your carbon footprint. And I'm constantly learning more about that. Like I'm learning right now as Tori is speaking. (laughs) Yeah, I have a few other quick tips of how you can reduce your digital footprint. Um, So the first one, and this one is just also great. We've talked about before for your mental health (laughs) and screen time, um, but just reducing your limits on your device or setting screen time limits. Um, That's gonna save energy, it's gonna reduce the time you're on and it's probably gonna make you a lot happier. (laughs) 
Um, limit also the number of apps you use. If there's an app that you don't use anymore, delete it, get rid of it. You can reinstall it. Um, so kind of just doing like a little bit of spring cleaning in your phone. Also, I what? I need to do that. Need yeah. to. Also limiting the number of apps you use at a time. So mm-hmm. like making sure you're clearing out all of your open applications. Also like it kind of makes you a little bit more present in the one thing that you're doing if yes. you stay on that app. So that's so true. That's something I do like pretty often is make sure I only have the apps that I need open. Um I when I met Steven, I actually don't know how long into our relationship it took me to notice, but I was like, I noticed how he had a bunch of apps open. So I started to exit them and I was like, oh my God. Oh my gosh, Steve, like this is going on and on and on. He was like, Oh, I didn't know you were supposed to do that. Did not even know. Oh, you could man. like didn't know he didn't know how to do it. He didn't know like it was like a thing. Thanks. So he probably had like all of his apps open from like the day he got his phone. Every single app he's ever freaking opened was still open. It was crazy. Wow. It was wild. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So for those of you out there who don't know, now you know too. Yeah. Um, Another great tip is to block push notifications, which is what I did not think of. Uh, But that can also save your battery, electricity. Um, get into the habit of sending fewer emails and messages. So that one I think I need to be a little bit more aware of. And then prevent videos from playing unintentionally in the background. So like a lot of times if you're on an app and they have an ad that pops up like in a smaller window and it starts playing like a video ad, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just, I mean, I'm sure instinctively you're going to exit it anyways, because those are annoying, but it does take a lot of energy. Yeah. And then also disabling features of apps that you don't use. So um, I think you can access this through your settings, but like if you don't use your speaker or your camera for like an app that has nothing to do with it, turn that off. Yes, that's great advice. Yeah. You can also turn off, like unless you're connected to internet, you can like turn off so that cellular data isn't working on all the apps all at once. Oh, yeah, that's a great tip. So like even right now as we're talking about this, if you guys think that you can't make a difference right now, we just gave you probably five to ten tips on something you can do right now on your phone, which we know we all have with us, that will make a big impact. Yes, totally. I I mean, I think the idea that that the individual can't make a difference is an antiquated idea and we need to just discard it as true. Because even if it were to be true, it's not good to focus on that. It just feels negative. So, yeah. yeah. On the opposite side of that spectrum, though, we do want to acknowledge that the majority of our carbon emissions are coming from larger industries and sure. not the individual. So there is no guilt. There is no blame. Um, this is solely from the perspective of feeling empowered and feeling like we're making a difference and from a positive outlook and nothing in terms of a blame. Yes. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, there's, yes. And I think we've said on the podcast before that, of course, it's not the individual's responsibility, but that doesn't mean do nothing. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have talked about that. Um, Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to wrap up with? 
Yes. So to finish up, I just wanted to talk about carbon offsetting really quick, um, which is something I started looking into as I was planning this big trip of mine. Um, For me, I often like not advertise myself. That's not the right word, but I describe myself. There we go. (laughs) As like (laughs) eco-friendly, eco-friendly, eco-conscious, like all those things. Like I do care about the environment. I try to do my best where I can. Um, and in planning this big trip, I really felt in some ways all the flying kind of butted up against my values a little. So that's uh-huh. when I started learning more about carbon offsetting, which is basically investing in carbon reduction projects to off- to like balance out the amount of carbon that you've used in the year. So I think a form of this can be investing in green stocks. Um, I'm looking at doing my carbon offsetting via carbonfootprint.com. And if you go to their carbon offset projects page, they have projects all over the world. So like providing energy efficient stoves to families in Guatemala or um, uh, helping provide clean water to Uganda. Um, I'm just kind of reading some off of here, tree planting and reducing deforestation in Brazil. So you're making monetary donations, or in some cases you can, physically donate your time to projects that are going to reduce carbon um, in the short and long term. So that's how you can kind of go back and um, reinvest in carbon to offset your own footprint. Mm-hmm. I love and, that. Go ahead. Yeah, there's there's more to it. I was just going to say like each project can will tell you the estimated amount of reduction in carbon, it'll um, equal. So you can literally calculate your energy output, your carbon footprint. And there actually are professional energy audits that you can have done. And then you can look at the carbon offset options and literally add together so that you can be completely carbon neutral for the year if you wanted to. I love that. I love that so much. I just also love the concept of budgeting your carbon. Like just the idea of monetizing it in a way and being able to calculate it makes it feel a little bit more tangible and like obtainable. So I love that concept. And I think it's something that we can apply to so much of our life. Even if we don't, if we learn from this platform, like even in an informal way, just being like, oh, you know what? We ate out at this restaurant yesterday and they gave us styrofoam packaging and it was awesome to support local business. But maybe today let's make something from like food we got from the farmer's market. Yes. Honestly, though, in this scenario, I get it's very, very idealized and maybe not like totally true. Yeah, we're we're not going to think like that every day. But the point is, it could be like that one to one. It really could be. Just using the system of checks and balances for yourself is something Mm -hmm. that you could totally do. Um, And I think it's super relevant. And so once you get that thought process going, it's kind of just starting that mindset. And that shift in mindset. Yes, a hundred percent. I think it's really, really cool that we're, you know, in this space now where we have figured out, um, you know, these carbon offset projects and all these ways to save energy and appliances are becoming efficient and cars are electric. Like we are starting to see movement forward. And I mean, I think that's something to feel encouraged and positive about. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. That was a great one. I like that you brought up that point.
Thanks. And um, since I am considering and like very seriously considering doing carbon offsetting myself um, at some point, maybe I'll give you guys an update on how I ended up going through with the process and everything. Yeah, I would love to hear about your experience. Um, But I think that's a great note to end on too. So I love that. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, We'll talk to you again soon. Remember to rate, subscribe and review wherever you listen and hang out with us on Instagram at wait why podcast. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.